Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful, deep Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Shoiftim V'Shoitrim. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos Parsha Shoiftim, that year it was on the sixth day of the month of Elul, in the year Tafshin Mem Aleph 41 years ago. So again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the verse that it says in this week's Torah portion, Shoiftim V'Shoitrim <coughs> <coughs> Judges and officers you should place on all the gates. So the Rebbe brings from the Tzemach Tzedek, who's the third Chabad Rebbe, in its classical works on mysticism on the parsha called Oyr So he brings a, 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 a an insight um, based on the verse, and he brings the, from the commentary of called the Shach. So the Shach says as follows. When the Torah says you should place judges and officers on all the gates, you have a little of an insight on all the gates of the city. But the Rebbe brings from the Oyra Torah from the Tzimach Tzedek, who brings from the Shach that says that what does it mean, the gates? It's not only referring to the physical gates, but it's actually referring to the limbs of the body. What are they? So the Shach explains and he says, it's referring to the two eyes, the two ears, the mouth, your hands, and your feet. So basically the full structure of the human being. On the full structure of the human being, your eyes where you come in contact with the world, the ears where you listen to things in the world, the way you speak to the world, the way you use your hands to engage in the world, the way you use your feet. So on all those levels you have to have proper um, um, protection of judges and, and officers, etc. And you have to place these judges and officers to protect you. That's one insight. Then, in the same Hasidic discourse from the Tzemach Tzedek, he brings another insight. And he brings it from Sefer Yitzira, which is a book in Kabbalah. And over there he says as follows, that there's different letters. And he says there are letters which are called seven double letters. What are the seven double letters? So it's, so it's, it's put together as like two words made up of seven letters. Beged Kapoiris, Bez, Gimel, Dalid, Chaf, Pei, Reish, and Saf are double letters. And he used those double letters. Hashem used those double letters and he created from them the stars in the heaven, the days in the year, and the gates on the soul. And the Rivet explains, what does that mean? And, and, and it's also explained, obviously, in, in Sefi Yitzira itself, that what is, what is the, these, these Beget Kapoiris, these seven letters that he, that he used to create the stars and, 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 the, and the days of the week, the seven days of the week, and, the, and the, seven, the seven gates, what is it? So he says like this, it's the two eyes, the two ears, the two nostrils, and the mouth. In other words, according to the Sefer Yitzira, the seven gates is referring to only the seven gates on your head. The two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, and the mouth. That, that equals seven. Not like we learned before from the Shach, that's the, the, the eyes and the ears and the mouth and your, hand, your hands and your feet. <coughs> In other words, so you see, there's, a, there's two different two different insights. What what the gates are? 
According to the Shach, they're referring to the eyes, the ears, the, the mouth, and then he goes over to the hand and the feet. According to Sefi Yitzhiru, which a book in Kabbalah is referring to, it's referring to, the, again, it's referring to the eyes, two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, and the mouth. Okay, what does that mean? They're explaining this. So he goes on to bring from what it says in Sefi Yitzhiru over there, that besides the seven letters, that he used to create the heaven, the 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 the, um, the, um, the, the that he used, that he used to create the stars and and the days and and the seven gates like you mentioned before. He goes on to explain that there are three emois. What is three emois? Three three foundations for the building. So those are three different letters. What are the three different letters? Aleph, Mem, Shin. What does Aleph, Mem, Shin stand for? So Aleph stands for Avir for ear. Mem stands for Mayim water, and Shin stands for H, because in the word fire, you have the letter Shin. And the seven doubles, what is the seven doubles, like we already said before, those are the letters of Beis, Gimel, Dalit, Chav, Pei, Rei, Sof. So the Rebbe brings with the altar of Tanya, in the beginning of Tanya, and he says, what are the mothers? The mothers are referring to what? The intellect. Why? Why is the mother called intellect? Because from, just like from a mother, you give birth to a child. So the same thing also, the intellect gives birth to the emotions. So, so, so therefore, what, what, what are the emotions giving birth to? That's the seven doubles, which is the, which is the middest, the emotions. Now, why is the emotions called doubles? So the Rebbe explains, because in every emotion, every one of the spheroids, you have two different ways that it's going to. One is rotsui, a yearning, and one shuv. So that's why it's called kafulis, double. Why? Because since it's referring to the emotions, and the emotions have the part where it yearns, rotsui, and you have the part shuv where it comes back, that's why it's called double. And like Derby explains as follows when he says like this. Take, for example, the attribute of ahava, of love. In other words, what is the nature of love? Nature, the love is, is yearning. What does it mean someone's yearning? Someone has a, a love for Hashem. So you're yearning to go higher and higher and cleave to Hashem. That's the level of Ratsui. So in Ava, the, the primary force is what? The yearning, the yearning to cleave to Hashem. Or in a relationship, it's yearning to, to yearn to, to, to cleave to your partner. Ava is all about Ratsui, the yearning to, to go to a higher. But nevertheless, even though it's primary force, of love is the yearning to go higher, but it also has the component of shuv where it returns back. Like it says in, in the Talmud, based on the verse, that it says in Torah, that you should love God, your God, and that's the love, that's the yearning that we have. So what does it say in the Talmud? So what does that mean, you should love God, your God? So it explains that the Hashem's name should be loved through you. What does it mean Hashem's love should be loved through you? And how is how how is your how is Hashem's name gonna be loved through you? That is when you deal with the world. In other words, Av on its own, you're yearning to be with Hashem. But if you want everybody to have a love for Hashem, they have to look at you, they have to interact with you. Now, when you're yearning, you're not interacting. So on one hand, from the love perspective, you just want to cleave to Hashem. You don't want to deal with the world. Who wants to deal with the world? Materialism, physicality. You just want to deal with spiritual, spirituality and godliness. But on the other hand, since the Ahafta, part of the commandment of the Ahafta is that we should be a walking 
image and an emissary and so on and say, oh, I want to cleave to Hashem because this is a godly person. So in order to do that, you have to interact with people. Now, interacting with people, that's already, that's already true. That's you returning to reality. So you see, in Ava, in love, you have the component of love where you're yearning to cleave to Hashem. But then you also have the component of love where you're interacting with the world. You should be coming back into this, into this world. That is with the first midah of Ava, which is connect idea of Chesed. Then you have the second midah. What's the second midah? The second midah is called Yira, to be in awe of Hashem. Now, generally speaking, the main thrust of Yira is Shuv. What does that mean? Why is it called Shuv? Are you returning down to reality? Like it's, the verse says in the Torah, by Yar Ha'om, the Jewish people saw the presence of God, by Yanu they trembled, by Yamdu Rachoik, they, they, they went backwards. So you see that year when somebody's in awe, you're not, you're running to it. Ava, with love, you're yearning, you want to go to it. But Yira, you're, you're standing back. In other words, you're returning, so to speak. So even though the main thrust of Yira is to return. It's Shuv. But there's also a component in Yira where there's a yearning, and you want to get close to it. Why? Because what's the ultimate purpose of Yira? The ultimate purpose of Yira to be in Orvah is not to run away from Hashem. The ultimate purpose of Yira is to be humble. What does it mean you're humble? You become totally humble, and you realize that the true existence is Hashem, and then you become one with Hashem. So even though Yira, its, it's initial reaction is, oh my gosh, I'm in awe of Hashem, I'm standing back. But what happens when you're in awe of Hashem and you really start integrating the being awe of Hashem? So in the beginning, it's true, you just want to stay, you, you're frightened possibly. But what happens as you, de- you develop a relationship, an awe relationship with Hashem, then a person becomes humble, and as you become humble, you actually cleave more and deeper to Hashem. So you see both Ava, even though the primary force is the Ratzoi, the yearning, but it also has a component of Shuv, because you're involved in the world, you're a representation of Hashem. Yira is the same thing also. On one hand, the Shuv, you want, you're trying to, you don't want to get burned, so to speak, from the godly fire, but nevertheless, Yira brings you to a great closeness to Hashem, and actually even a deeper closeness to Hashem. So you see both Abba and Yira have um, both. That's why it's called Kfula, it's double. It has the, 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 the Ratzli, and it has the Shuv. And the same applies, Rebbe says, to all the other attributes um, of, of, of uh, Tiferes, Netzach, Choyd, Yesoid, Malchus, all the other five attributes, all the other five Midois, they all have the component of one hand, it's Ratzoy, it's a yearning, and then they have the idea of Shuv that has both, both components to it. Now, so this, the Rebbe explains, this is the idea of the seven gates of the soul. And as generally speaking, what are the seven gates? So the seven gates, you know, there's specifically a seven, but if you, if you put it into a, a more of a bigger picture, they're referring to the four levels of seeing, hearing, smell, and speaking. Those are, the, those are the four in general. You have, it gets broken down to seven because in seeing you have two eyes, in hearing you have two ears, and in the nostrils you, ha- you, ha- you have two nostrils. So each one, for those three have a double, so that's why you have seven. But generally speaking, we're referring to the, 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 four, the four senses that we have in our head, again, which is seeing, hearing, smelling, and speaking. Now, we're going to take it a step further and a step deeper. These four senses that we have of seeing, hearing, smelling and speaking, they're actually connected to the most powerful name of Hashem. What's the most powerful name of Hashem? Yud, 
hey, vav, and hey. And let's explain that at length in, in the Zohar that, that the way each one of these senses of seeing, and they're all explained soon as, as well, of seeing, hearing, and smelling, and, and speaking is connected to the four letters of Hashem's name. And like it's explained, the author explains actually in the Kutta Torah at length, in, in, in last week's Torah portion, in Parshish A, based on the verse that it says in the Torah. So what does it say in the Torah? It says, Ponim bifonim diber Hashem imochem. Face to face, Hashem, Yudke Vavke, spoke to us. In other words, it's referring to on the, on the time of Torah when Hashem came down to give us a Torah. So, so when Hashem came to give us a Torah, it says face to face, Yudke Vavke spoke to us. What does that mean practically on a spiritual level? That when Hashem gave us a Torah, He drew down into every single one of us, Yudke Vavke, in literally into our face. In other words, the yud, the hey, the bav hey, was connected to our face. What's in our face? Again, the ability to see, to hear, to smell, and to speak. And like the verse says clearly, anoichi, referring to the essence of Hashem, Hashem, the yud ke bav elokecha, becomes your God. So the anoichi, the essence of Hashem, the yud ke bav becomes our God. In other words, that the yud ke bav elokecha means our power and our energy, that yud ke bav becomes our energy, who we are, of every single one of us. And that's why every one of us, think about this powerful stuff, every one of us have yud Hey, Vav, Hey of Hashem's name within us. And like the author explains at length, in a lot, a lot of details, this is the general idea in the Kutta Torah and also in the classic book of the author of Tanya in Igeris HaTshuva. Now, so what does that mean practically? What does it mean we have Yud, K, Vav, K, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey within us? And that's why, and that's connected to the idea of seeing, hearing, the smell, and the speaking. Which is connected to the four letters of Yudhei Bavi. So, what's the connection? What's the practical connection between these four letters and these four senses? It never explains like this. We'll start with seeing first. The, the sense that we have to see, what does it mean you see something? When you see something, you become close to it. Why? Because when you see something, you grasp it. You get it, you understand it, you see it, you're connected to it. So the so seeing is a closeness. On the other hand, when you hear something, you don't see it, it's not close, you hear, hearsay. So that's like from far. So therefore, what happens when you hear something, you don't see it, you don't really get it. You get another detail someone tells you, another part of the story, and you hear another detail, which these two components of seeing, which is close, hearing, which is from far, that's connected to the first two letters of Hashem's name, the Yud and the He, which is seeing and hearing. And which that's also connected to, we know that Yud He is connected, Yud is connected to Chachma, the flash of an idea, and the B and and the hay is connected to Bina. So Yud is connected to seeing, like the flash of an idea of Chachma, and the hay is hearing, like the more details of Bina. The letters Vav Hey we know in Kabbalah is referring to the Midois, the emotions, and like it's explained many many places that when a person meditates on the greatness of Hashem, how great Hashem is, infinite Hashem how low we are, it is finite. That when, when a person meditates, what's that called? That's called the level of Yudin Hey. 
as we know, it says in the Torah that Hanistara, I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate Hanistara is la Hashem Elokeinu. You know, the things that are hidden are for, are, are, are for Hashem. And afterwards, what happens afterwards? Then you have the level of working on the emotions. And the emotions, that's the part that's more revealed to us. And it was the Vav Hey, that's referring to the emotions. So Yud Hey again is referring to Chachman Bina, seeing and hearing, the hidden part. Vav Hey is on the other hand referring to the emotions, and that's the revealed part. So that's in general, more deeper and more specific, Derba says, that those, even though we divided before, of intellect is more the concealed part, and stories, and the emotions is the real part. Now I was going to go down a step further and say like this, that the emotions of Ava and Yira, love and awe, that's the concealed part. What's the revealed part? That's when we learn Torah and we do mitzvahs with our with our with our speech um, and uh, uh, with with our, our voice. That's the idea above. Hey, that's we make it revealed. In other words, emotions are great, but the emotions are are concealed. When do the emotions become revealed? They become revealed when you learn Torah when you do mitzvahs. Then you bring the emotions into the world. And this is the connection between the two different senses that we have of smell and speech. Why? Because smell is more what, in Hebrew, it's called makif. It hovers over. What does that mean? Like it says, reichos hoyu. What does that mean, reichos? In other words, you smell it. You're not getting the thing itself. When you smell something, you're not grasping the thing itself. It's a beautiful fragrance. So you're getting from the makif of it. You're getting from the around of it. You're not getting the essence of it itself. How, but, but nevertheless, when you smell something, it touches your soul. You smell a good incense, it's, it, it, it touches you. In other words, matter of fact, as we all know, when someone, God forbid, is fainting, and you have like some kind of good smelling salt, or some kind of good, something to smell, the person can wake up, and you can literally wake someone for someone that's fainting. So again, so even though reach is makif, but it reaches someone, it reaches you a premius, but it starts off at makif. On the other hand, that's what reach, that's from the smell. It's more makif. On the other hand, deeper speech. That is when it's, it's an internal connection. When someone speaks, that's the person himself speaking and, the, and connecting to the other person in an internal way. And like the Rebbe brings an example where it says in the Talmud, in the Mishnah, um, that if you saw someone talking, so in other words, and so he gives an example, you saw someone talking, what were they saying? What, what does that mean? Because when someone's talking, that's already an internal connection that's deep, that's meaningful. Or for, like, for example, he never quotes in the prophets where it says that the soul went out but Dabri, when the person was speaking, their soul left because it's the, the power of speech is very, very strong. And the same thing also when you use your mouth to eat. You know, so you, you, um, you're getting the essence of the person. However, <clears throat> the awakening part comes from smell. <clears throat> and, it, it, and, and in a practical level, in a spiritual level, it's referring to the two different components of Torah and Mitzvahs. When a person learns Torah, that goes internal. It's internalized within the person. On the other hand, when you do mitzvahs, it's more what It's a more of connection. Now, but nevertheless, in every one of these levels—seeing, hearing, smelling, and speaking—on every one of the levels, you have a component of rotsui, where it's a yearning, and then you have a shuv, where it's returning. Like the like like it's explained in Oyer Torah, and that's why it's called kafulis. It's double. Why is it double? It's double because each meter has the yearning part, and then it has the returning part. 
And th they receive from these double letters of Beis, Gimel, Dalid, Chaf, Pei, Rei, Saf, as we call Beget Kapoiris, the idea of Ratzu Yvashuv. So based on this, Jehovah explains so beautifully, and he says like this. That's why it says, Vishaf to Asa'am, they'll judge the people, Mishpat, a judgment of Tzedek righteousness. In other words, according to the Shach, the first insight that we learned in the beginning of the Tzedek discourse, what is... What a shayftim a shayftim the judges you put on the gates. So according to the shach, what are the gates? It's referring to all the limbs of the body, um, the 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 the, the uh, eyes, um, hearing, the speaking, and your hands and your feet. In other words, so if you have gates on the whole part of, the, of a person, so when it says afterwards you have you have you have gates there and everyone every full part of the person, so what does it mean that they're gonna they're gonna judge the nation, so to speak, outside the person? So when it, so when it says they're gonna judge the nation, it's referring referring to that doing our work in the world. In other words, the, the part that we have to do to transform the world. That's according to the first insight that the, that since you're already protected, you're fully protected, so now you have to do your work with the world. But according to the, the second insight of the Seyfi Yitzira, of the Zoyar, that Shoyftim is Shoytrim. You're putting it on the gates. And what are the gates? It's referring to all the gates of the head, the eyes, the ears, the nostril, and the mouth. In other words, the, the, obviously the intellect, but the emotions, the way they're, they're connected into the intellect. So based on this, when it says, they're going to judge the nation, you still got to deal with the rest of the body. And like it says, like the Seventh Sunday writes in our Torah, in, our Torah in, in, in connection to the insight of the Sefi Yitzira, where the gates is referring to the, the, the seven gates in, in, in the head. So what does it mean they're going to judge, they're going to judge the body? You have to protect the body. It means it has to protect all the 248 limbs in the body. Now, based on this, Trevor says, <clears throat> this that Sefi Yitzira, the book of the Zoya, says that this gates that is protecting shaitan and shaitan is referring to exclusively the gates in their head, the two eyes, two ears, two nostrils in the mouth, because the Sefer Yitzirah is referring to the creation of the first man, Adam Rishon. And he was born alone. When Adam Rishon was born, there was no one in the world. He was there by himself. So therefore... Since there was no world to deal with, there's no one else to deal with. Sefer Yitzirah was referring to the creation of the first man, Adam Rishon. So, the, so the, when it says referring to the to the to the gates on the head, and therefore when it says v'shaf to it's referring to um, to to judge the person, the rest of the human being, the hands, the body, the feet, etc. And Rebbe goes on to explain. He says that's and this is what it means when it says shayftim v'shaytrim. Officers and judges, you should, you should, you should, you should teach in the you should give to you. In other words, that you have to have the, the, the spiritual work of shaytim, a judge, and a shaytir, an officer. In other words, what's the difference on a spiritual level between a judge and an officer? And Deborah explains on a spiritual level, it's as follows. A shaytid, a judge, is kavayamin, it's the right side. It's more chesed, it's more love. On the other hand, a shaiter, an officer, it's not, a, it's no love there. He's actually putting in the, he's putting in the, the, the rules. He's implementing the rules. It's more from the left side. And like the author explains in Tanya. So shaiter is referring to the right. Shaitrim is referring to the left. 
And when it says Veshoftu as Mishpat Sadak, so Mishpat again is referring to the right. Sadak is referring to the left. In other words, and generally speaking, what does it mean practically the right and the left? So we all know that we have six hundred and thirteen commandments. 248 positive commandments, which is the right. Do this, do that. You get closer to Hashem, the positive commandments. And then the, the negative precepts of 365, that's the left. Don't do this, don't do that, etc. In other words, why is that? Because when a person wants to have a relationship with Hashem, a person wants to have an aboida, serving Hashem, you have to serve on both sides. And the rotsoi, the yearning, the positive commandments, getting closer to Hashem, the love for Hashem. But then you also need a shuv. You need the negative precepts, the awesome, the being all of Hashem, um, the, 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 what, what not to do, etc. Or as we know, the famous expression, you mean the right bring someone close, and the smile unfortunately pushes someone away, but you need both to keep you in balance. Or like, for example, the rabbi brings a famous story in the Talmud where the rabbi asked him, did a story happen to you? In other words, he wanted to know if he was able to serve Hashem against his nature. The fact that he served Hashem in one path, that's fine. But the question, the real test is, can you serve Hashem against your nature? So somebody's naturally kind and loving. The question is, are you able to serve Hashem if you have to in the left side? A little more discipline. Or if someone's more disciplined, could you also serve Hashem out of love? In other words, specifically when a person is willing to serve Hashem in something which is against your nature, that shows that you're really serving Hashem. That shows that your serving Hashem is complete. Or like it says, for example, a beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful insight from the Sifri. In the first uh, section of the Shema, where it says, the Sifri is something, something, something very powerful, and he says like this, that there's no such thing in humans, in the same thrust, you love and you're in awe. It's either love or it's in awe. It's either right or it's left. You can't be both. However, the Sufri writes that there's only place where you can have love and awe. And awe and love together is only with Hashem. Only with Hashem. You can love Hashem and you can be in awe of Hashem. With humans, if you love them, that's great. And the minute you put a little discipline, they run away. Or if you're disciplined and try to come close, it's not going to work. But with Hashem, you could have both and you should have both. You have to work on both components of love and awe. And Rebbe finishes off and he says like this, when we do our spiritual work, and like the Torah says, tzedek, tzedek, tirdoif, which basically means you do it in a way with a, with a good eye. You, 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 you want to do more and more and more. So what happens when you go against your nature and you do more against your nature, what happens is you draw down from on high from Hashem, that Hashem, the one that judges the earth, will bring out a good judgment for all of us. And the good judgment is, and the great judgment is, that Hashem is going to redeem us in His Golos. And He's going to take us out with Mashiach Tzidkenu, who's going to come and redeem us, and He's going to take us standing upright to the Eretz Yisrael. And like the Rebbe finishes off, it should happen, b'meheira b'yameinu mamash, quickly in our days, in a, in a real uh, and practical way. So here you have another beautiful, beautiful Hasidic discourse, um, and a practical one how, how literally you can transform our lives by serving Hashem 
on from the right, from the left, on all levels, and transforming the world, and ultimately bringing, like the Rebbe finishes off and says, bringing the, the redemption for each and every one of us as we serve Hashem with tremendous love and awe on all levels. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.